Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of December 9th. In the news, a group of Azerbaijanis in civilian clothes block the only highway linking Armenia and Artsakh for several hours, citing illegal exploitation of minerals. Parliament approves the government's 2023 budget and adopts a number of new laws, including the establishment of a foreign intelligence service. And airlines registered in Armenia to remain on the EU blacklist. Last week, a group of Azerbaijanis in civilian clothing blocked the Stepanakert Goris Highway, the only link between Armenia and Artsakh in the Shushi Karindak intersection, allegedly to investigate and monitor the illegal exploitation of minerals and the resulting environmental damage. The road was opened after hours of negotiations between the Russian peacekeeping mission, Artsakh authorities, and the Azerbaijani side. Two days after the incident, Azerbaijani media sources disseminated a video in which the commander of the Russian peacekeeping mission, Andrei Volkov, announces that a mini-customs checkpoint will be installed on the Lachin corridor. Artsakh's National Security Service denied rumors that Azerbaijanis would be involved in the checkpoint. According to the NSS, only monitors and scanners will be placed, which will make the work of the Russian peacekeepers easier. The following day, a group of Azerbaijani journalists tried to cross the Russian peacekeepers' line and enter the territory of Artsakh. Russian peacekeepers prevented them from doing so, but it was very obvious from the video footage that it was almost as if they were trying to provoke um, the peacekeepers. So yeah, that, Like this human chain yeah. that the peacekeepers holding hands to stop them from going. Well, uh, prior to the incident, Azerbaijani officials and media had been spreading information that the Lachin Corridor was being used to transfer arms and mines to Artsakh. Baku has also been arguing that the road linking Azerbaijan and Nakhichevan through Armenia should have the same status as the Lachin Corridor. This has been going on for years now. If Armenia insists on having customs checkpoints on the road, and so should the Lachin Corridor, they say. On December 6, the Armenia-Azerbaijan-Russia Trilateral Working Group, chaired by the Deputy Prime Ministers of the three countries, met for its 11th session in Moscow. Discussions were focused on opening the railroad between Armenia and Azerbaijan. The sides also reconfirmed their readiness to continue working on the implementation of opening regional communication routes. During a Q&A session in Parliament on December 7, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan said that the meeting did not yield any specific results, adding that Yerevan is willing and interested in opening the rail link between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And yesterday, the prosecutor generals of Armenia, Azerbaijan and Russia met in Moscow to discuss humanitarian issues. On December 1, the Armenian side had handed over the remains of 10 Azerbaijanis killed during the first Nagorno-Karabakh war, as well as two maps indicating where four bodies were buried. Armenia's National Security Service reports that since the end of the 2020 Artsakh War, Armenia has handed over the remains of 140 Azerbaijanis killed during that first war and five maps indicating burial sites. And earlier today, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan met Russia's President Vladimir Putin in Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan, on the sidelines of the Eurasian Supreme Council session. During the opening part of the meeting, Pashinyan noted that he hopes to discuss regional issues, including the tense situation in Artsakh with Putin. Uh, there has been no official statement yet about what they actually discussed. Since Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev cancelled the December 7 meeting with Nikol Pashinyan because the Armenian side demanded that French President Emmanuel Macron also be present. There are talks about another possible meeting between Pashinyan and Aliyev by the end of the year. 
and back to the Q&A session on December 7 in Parliament. Foreign Minister Arat Mirzayan stated that while a high-ranking Azerbaijan-Armenia meeting is not planned yet, he believes a meeting will take place by the end of the year. On the same day, Dmitry Peskov, the Speaker of the Kremlin, told reporters that Russia is willing to facilitate a meeting between the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan. At Parliament, Mirzoyan also touched upon uh, the peace treaty that was planned to be signed between the two countries, Armenia and Azerbaijan, by the end of the year. He stated that it is unlikely that a draft of such a treaty would be ready by the end of the year. Uh, yesterday, Armin Grigorian, the secretary of Armenia's Security Council, told reporters that the Armenian side is working on a third peace treaty package presented by Azerbaijan, adding that Yerevan will soon send its comments to Baku. And today, speaking about the content of the peace treaty in Parliament, Grigorian noted that the text of the peace treaty has been edited three times, but the sides have agreed only on one point. This is to establish diplomatic relations within the framework of the Vienna Convention. Touching upon the issue of Artsakh, Grigorian said that it is not clear yet whether the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict will be settled through the peace treaty or whether a separate international mechanism will be created. Grigorian also stated that on September 27, during his meeting with Aliyev's advisor, Hikmet Hajiev, and U.S. National Security Advisor Jack Sullivan in Washington, an agreement had been reached for creating an international mechanism under the auspices of which Azerbaijan and Artsakh could discuss the rights and security of the Armenians of Artsakh. However, he added that no progress has been made on the issue. Hikmet Hajiev responded to Grigorian's statement, saying that at the meeting in Washington, he had noted that Azerbaijan will not discuss the rights and security of Artsakh Armenians with international partners, as it is Azerbaijan's domestic issue, as the Azerbaijan has done so many times before. According to Hajiev, discussing something during negotiations still does not mean that there is an agreement uh, that has been reached. Yesterday evening, Azerbaijani armed forces violated the ceasefire near the village of Nerkinhand in Armenia's Sunik region. Armenia's defense ministry reports that the Armenian side has no wounded or casualties. After weeks of daily ceasefire violations by the Azerbaijani side, this week has been relatively calm, if we can say such a thing. Uh, over the weekend, both the Armenian and Artsakh authorities denied Azerbaijani accusations of them violating the ceasefire. And on December 6, French Foreign Minister Catherine Colonna announced in Parliament that the mandate of the European monitoring mission in Armenia should be prolonged as the situation remains tense on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border as well as in Nagorno-Karabakh. Colonna noted that there is a lack of security guarantees in the region, which Russia um, is trying to ensure, according to the French foreign minister, the deployment of the EU monitoring mission has mitigated the threat of a new escalation and it must stay deployed as long as necessary. Commenting on the EU monitoring mission in Armenia, Russia's foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova told reporters yesterday that with its actions in the South Caucasus, the EU is pursuing its own interests. According to Zakharova, by trying to mediate the Armenian-Azerbaijan negotiations, the EU is trying to oust Russia from the region, which is their dream, she said. Zakharova noted that Moscow will comment again on the monitoring mission if the deployment in Armenia is prolonged. The EU monitoring mission, just as a reminder to our listeners, was deployed in Armenia on October 20. Um, it's important to note that this is a civilian monitoring mission comprised of um, nationals from different EU countries. There's about 37 of them. They are to be here for a period of two months. The term of the mission will end in 10 days, and it is not clear yet if it will be extended.
Yesterday, EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Tovio Klar, arrived in Yerevan, where he met with Prime Minister Pashinyan and Foreign Minister Mirzoyan during the meetings, the normalization of relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan, the latest developments related to the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, as well as ensuring the rights and security guarantees of the Artsakh Armenians were discussed. The sides also touched upon issues related to regional security, peace and stability, border delimitation between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and the process of unblocking the transport infrastructure in the region. The deployment of the EU monitoring mission in Armenia and its activities were also discussed. Klar had been uh, in Baku last week and left Yerevan for Istanbul. Earlier in the week, the foreign ministers of Russia and Azerbaijan, Sergei Lavrov and Jehum Bayramov, discussed Armenia-Azerbaijan relations in Moscow. During a joint press conference, Lavrov stated that Moscow intends to support Armenia and Azerbaijan to open regional communications and sign a peace treaty. He added that these, as well as ensuring trust between the sides, are the priorities of Moscow. During the press conference, Bayramov announced that Azerbaijan is ready to ensure the same rights for the Artsakh Armenians as the other citizens of Azerbaijan have. Speaking about the third package of the peace treaty that Baku extended to Yerevan, Bayramov noted that the UN Charter and the Alma-Ata Declaration both create um, a good foundation to move forward. This week, Azerbaijan's representative at the UN sent a letter to the UN General Secretary claiming that Armenia continues to plant landmines on Azerbaijani territory. According to the Azerbaijani envoy, Armenia must stop its landmine terror and provide compensation as well as guarantees to Azerbaijan that it will not place any more mines. According to the letter, Azerbaijan also discovered landmines in two villages which came under its control in August. This is such a strange sentence. <laughs> We're like they're admitting that in August they took over two villages. Commenting on Azerbaijani provocations a few weeks ago, Armenia's ambassador at large, Edmond Marukyan, stated that Azerbaijan is showing mines placed on Armenian territories it occupied in September as landmines placed on the territory of Azerbaijan. And yesterday, the Turkish Hurriyet Daily News reported that Armenia and Turkey will start cargo flights by the end of the year. According to the Turkish News Agency, the opening of the land border for third country citizens is also being discussed. Turkey and Azerbaijan are conducting large-scale military drills in Azerbaijan on the border with Iran. Turkey, in fact, sent its F-16 fighter jets to Azerbaijan for these drills. The Turkish-Azerbaijani joint military exercises come weeks after Iran uh, held similar military exercises on its border with Azerbaijan. The Turkish-Azerbaijani exercises are mirroring the Iranian drills. And Turkey's defense minister, Hulusi Akar, traveled to Azerbaijan to monitor the military drills, where he announced that Turkey and Azerbaijan will counter any threats directed at either of the countries together. Turkey's chief of the general staff, as well as other high-ranking military officials, also visited Azerbaijan for the occasion. And yesterday, Armenia's defense ministry denied Azerbaijani claims that has, that, you know, these claims have been making their rounds that Iran had supplied anti-tank missile systems and 600 missiles to Armenia. And during an official visit to Moscow, Armenia's defense minister Suren Babikyan met his Russian counterpart on the sidelines of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization and CIS Defense Ministers Summit. The defense ministers discussed regional and international security as well as bilateral cooperation in the defense field. And this week, the House and Senate Armed Services Committees released the bipartisan bill for the U.S. annual defense budget. The new bill leaves out the four provisions regarding Armenia that had been included 
included in an earlier draft, one of the provisions required the State Department to submit a report on Washington's security assistance to Baku pursuant to Section 907, a piece of legislation that limits most U.S. military aid to the Azerbaijani government. Another provision would have made it more difficult for the U.S. to sell F-16 fighter jets to Turkey. The third provision urged Congress to call on Azerbaijan to immediately return all Armenian prisoners of war and captured civilians, and the fourth provision required the Defense Department to submit a report investigating Azerbaijan's actions in the 2020 Artsakh war, including the possible presence of U.S.-made weapon parts in Turkish drones that Azerbaijan deployed during the war. U.S. Ambassador to Armenia Lynn Tracy's term is coming to its end. This week, she held her last meetings with Prime Minister Pashinyan and Foreign Minister Ararat Mirzoyan. Pashinyan thanked Tracy for her work in Armenia, noting that during her tenure, a dynamic development was recorded in Armenian-American relations. Foreign Minister Mirzoyan also thanked Tracy for the significant contribution to the development of Armenian-U.S. relations and the awarded the ambassador with the Medal of Honor of the Foreign Ministry of Armenia. This week, the Armenian parliament adopted several new laws and approved the 2023 state budget. One of the new laws concerns military service. Uh, conscript soldiers will be able to become contract servicemen after completing six months of mandatory duty. According to the government, this is the first step towards creating a professional army. Um, what happens is if they do agree to this format, they have to then serve for five years. Um, as opposed to two years of mandatory service. The opposition Armenia Alliance also voted in favor of the bill. A rare instance uh, in our recent history. Uh, Armenia's budget for 2023 will be 6.4 billion U.S. dollars. With the 2023 budget, defense expenditure will increase by 35 percent. The opposition did not participate in the vote on the budget bill. This week, the Armenian government adopted the bill on creating a foreign intelligence service and sent it to parliament as an urgent matter. The foreign intelligence service is going to operate under the prime minister. With the new service, the government aims to increase the functional efficiency of the National Security Service, enable it to focus on counterintelligence and combat terrorism. Artsakh's president, Aray Karutinian, is in France this week, where he met representatives of the French Senate and National Assembly. Karutinian also gave an interview to France 24, during which he stated that the fate of the Artsakh Armenians is in deep danger. He noted that the mandate of the Russian peacekeeping mission ends in 2025 and that the Armenians living in will need security guarantees. Harutunian also gave a press conference. Over 20 news outlets uh, were present for that press briefing. He spoke about his trip to France, the challenges that Artsakh is facing, and answered questions, um, a number of different questions from the reporters. And an Armenian serviceman was wounded last weekend from his own firearm. A criminal investigation has been launched to clarify the circumstances of the incident. He is in critical condition. This week, it was revealed that Armenia's investigative committee has terminated the criminal case against former Supreme Judicial Council President Gagik Jahangirian concerning a scandalous audio recording of his conversation with another former Supreme Judicial Council President Rupen Vartasarian in the audio recording, which was publicized by Vartasarian himself this past June. Jahangirian can be heard offering him 
uh, to terminate all criminal cases against him if he resigns. Jahangirian resigned after the audio uh, recording was made public. The investigative committee terminated the criminal case because of a lack of evidence of a crime committed. Armenia's Prosecutor General's Office has launched a criminal case against the wife of former police chief Vladimir Gasparian. Gasparian's wife held positions at the military police and the police from 2000 until 2018 did not attend work but received a salary and received uh, ranks of lieutenant colonel and colonel. And last week, a criminal case was launched against Gasparian's daughter for illegal appropriation of property and for not attending work at the police. Well, keeping it in the family well right? and we had so many cases like this where people were registered as employees yeah, were getting salaries not attending work for years on December 6, former Deputy Mayor of Yerevan, Vahe Nikoyan, was arrested for abuse of power. According to Armenia's Anti-Corruption Committee, Nikoyan was responsible for you know, arranging waste management in the country, and he chose Sanitech. And, you know, was it in 2019, I think, all year we were talking yeah, about... Every weekend, every <laughs> Friday, we were saying Sanitech, Sanitech 20 was, times. Right, it was the waste removal company that was responsible for getting rid of our trash in Yerevan, basically. So he was arrested because Sanitech's application did not meet the necessary criteria. Now, despite neglecting his duties for years, Sanitech received 3 billion Armenian dirhams in payment. That's over 7.5 million U.S. dollars. Today, CivilNet reported that according to information it obtained, Nigoyan has been released as the court did not uh, follow the Anti-Corruption Committee's request to arrest Nigoyan. And this week, the European Court of Human Rights ruled that Armenia must pay 4,900 euros to the family of Jad Samvel Manasaganyan, who was dismissed in 2011 for not justifying one of his decisions to grant bail. Manasaganyan had tried to appeal his dismissal in Armenian courts without any success. The Armenian government again changed its decision regarding granting biometric and ordinary passports to its citizens. Biometric passports will not be issued starting from January 1, 2023 to January 1, 2024, before it was decided that ordinary passports would not be issued starting this January. So I never understood this biometric passport situation. I have one. I use it as an ordinary <laughs> passport. So I don't think people are losing much between January of this <laughs> year and January of next year. Well... And airlines registered in Armenia will remain on the EU blacklist. The decision was made on November 23 by the EU Air Safety Agency. Airlines registered in Armenia were placed on the list in 2020 after EU air safety monitoring showed that Armenia's Civil Aviation Committee and the airlines do not meet safety regulation criteria. In September, representatives of the EU Air Safety Agency visited Armenia, and according to their evaluation, Armenia has not fully eliminated the issues raised in 2020. And uh, Armenia, as you know, Rubina, is hosting the Junior Eurovision Song Contest this year. The contest will take place over the weekend on December 10 and 11. On the 5th, which was a few days ago, participants of the contest lit the Christmas tree in Republic Square and um, the whole city seems to have exploded in tinsel and lights uh, for yeah, the Republic occasion. Square looks like a candy land. land. Well, that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we 